Good morning and happy Mother's Day. Uh, We're so grateful that you joined us here this morning. Um, trust that God has a, a lot to share uh, with you all. Uh, I know I'm excited for uh, you know some of the things that God is doing. Um, some of the best news, our county was finally moved to the yellow status. Um, and I know that uh, you know a lot of people have been asking uh, you know when the church plans are reopening. Uh, a lot of people actually reached out to me and asked uh, if we're opening this Sunday. Uh, of course, we're not yet. Um, uh, in, as part of the uh, stipulations of the yellow phase, um, groups, gatherings of 25 or more are prohibited. Um, but that's something that the leadership and I are praying about, uh, we're talking about, because uh, we want to reopen as soon as possible, but we also want to make sure we do it in a way that is uh, safe for everyone and also, uh, you know, following the, the authorities over us, um, you know, so, as much as we can. So uh, stay tuned. Trust me, the day that it happens, there's going to be a huge announcement. Everyone's going to know about it. We'll reach out to everybody, uh, you know, that we can, uh, who's been a part of the church to let you know, um, you know, not only the day that it is happening, but also, um, you know, the day that we reopen, it likely isn't going to be the standard service that we had before. You know, there's probably going to be some social distance spacing in the chairs in the sanctuary, uh, probably some stipulations of uh, not gathering, you know, in the entryway and what not, you know, as we usually did, just to make sure that we're following all those guidelines, uh, not only for our own safety, but more so for the safety of each other. Uh, you know, I, I keep going back to the scripture from Corinthians, where Paul reminds us that, um, you know, we have the right to do anything. Um, but instead of uh, looking only to our rights, what we have the right to do, we want to also make sure that we are serving others and doing what is beneficial um, for others and for their needs as well. So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we do things in a safe way, but, oh man, I know I'm, I'm right there with you. I, like, I want to open tomorrow. I just want it to happen. I'm dying for it. Uh, so we're definitely going to be reopening as soon as possible. Just pray that we have the, the, you know, the Lord's clear direction on when he wants us to do that and how he wants us to do that to make sure that everyone's safe. Um, so this morning we're actually going to be finishing up our message series entitled uh, Bless This Home. After all, very appropriate on this Mother's Day, uh, there's no greater blessing that a home could receive than a good godly mother. I mean, what a, a blessing it is to have a mother in a household. Um, you know, and, and honestly, if you think about it, there's only one thing, one good thing that God withheld in the beginning. In the beginning, in the first six days, he didn't create everything. Um, he waited and he saved the best for last. Um, you know, he withheld that good thing not only to sort of amplify the value of a woman and a mother, um, you know, but also he was uh, doing so intentionally so that man would see his need for her on his own. And so uh, shortly after uh, the creation of all the world, he created woman and he, uh, you know, presented her to Adam and he called her Eve, which means the mother of all living the mother of all the living. And so it's just amazing to think about that, that God, uh, you know, intentionally withheld mothers um, with a purpose. And uh, it's so good that, that he provided Eve, uh, the mother of all the living, and, uh, you know, an, an example of what it means to be a mother, uh, you know, going forward all through the years. Um, you know, I also find it interesting that when you stop and you look at the Word of God, just the black and white um, counsel that it gives, 
it really doesn't give a whole lot of counsel specifically for mothers, um, teaching, you know, women how to be a mother. It doesn't kind of walk you through step A, B, C, you know, and, or even, uh, you know, principles or guidelines. Um, it doesn't really approach motherhood, um, directly. Uh, closest thing that we see is in the book of Titus, um, when, uh, when he writes about, uh, how a younger woman and younger woman, um, you know, should behave, you know, to honor God with their lives. It's the closest thing that we see. However, we do see all kinds of, um, of scriptures regarding fatherhood. Um, you know, that fathers are not supposed to, um, to discourage your children or to exacerbate them or to upset them um, or to embitter them. Um, Paul was concerned because there weren't many father figures in the church. Uh, you had a lot of uh, teachers, but not many fathers uh, in the body of Christ. Um, you know, but there, there's very little specifically about motherhood. And I think the reason for this, personally, this is personally my opinion, um, because sometimes what the Bible doesn't mention is just as important as what it does mention. Um, I believe that this is the case because women just innately know how to be mothers. Uh, similar to the way that God's Word doesn't give us instructions on um, how we need to breathe, right? It's just something we do. It was just something that we were designed and purposed to do, so He doesn't have to instruct us on it or command us on it. Um, it's something we just do. And, uh, and I've, I've seen that kind of evidence, you know, that uh, once, a, once a woman becomes a mother, she's just always a mother. It's just something that innately happens, just something that, that she knows, um, you know, how to do, that women are just created um, by God with mothering instincts. And of course, um, new mothers usually don't feel that way. You know, we've got three kiddos ourselves, and I remember, you know, Becky going through all the books and learning how to be a good mother and what to expect when you're expecting all those different things. Uh, she spent a lot of time on the phone with her mom, you know, of how to deal with different things. You know, new mothers don't exactly, um, probably don't agree with that, that, that they were created with those instincts. Um, you know, everything's new and uncertain. You know, the baby's crying, and you tried feeding it, you tried changing it, you lay it down, you pick it up, you hold it. I mean, you just, nothing you can do can make it stop crying, you know, and you just, uh, you, you, you feel like you're failing as a mother in those situations. Uh, maybe the baby develops a rash and you're, you know, of course in our minds, we always get a worst case scenario and think it's something super serious, you know, um, I'm sure that if you talk to any pediatrician, they could probably, uh, go on, you know, and joke about some of the, the calls that they've gotten from concerned new mothers. Um, you know, um, and you know, you, you've just got all these different scenarios that, that, you know, new mothers get worked up about. However, give her a few years, or you come around to the second child. You know, I, I love those commercials that you see. I think it's Huggies, you know, that or Pampers, one or the other. Uh, you know, that um, maybe it's Loves. <laughs> In any case, you know, a new mom is all concerned and just kind of, you know, being so gentle with their baby. And, you know, the next one, she's, I think in the commercial, she like throws the kid in the shower, you know, for the dad to give it a shower. You know, you just, you get that experience under your belt and it just comes natural. You just naturally know how to respond in situations. Um, and once that instinct is triggered, it's something that does not get turned off. Once a mother, always a mother. Um, mother just can't help but to do it. Uh, not only does she mother her own children, but you'll see uh, if you go to a playground and watch, you know, um, moms interacting, you know, uh, a child falls and they hurt themselves and, you know, every mom's kind of like they, they jump, you know, and they, they want to go console and comfort that child, you know, that's been hurt. Um, you know, you, not only do you mother your own children, um, you know, through the years, even into the teens, but you, you mother, um, you know, your, your children's friends and classmates, um, 
you know, just pretty much anyone else, your mother. Um, I know that I've walked through the church a couple of times and I had like my collar up or something, you know, and surely enough, you know, a mom comes and kind of fixes that. And it's just, it's just an instinct, just something that they do, you know. Um, mother just can't help but mother. In fact, um, mothering doesn't stop at age 18, right? Um, not, not by any means. Um, in fact, uh, Paul wrote in Romans 16, um, and he's giving all these personal, you know, oh, say hey to so-and-so and to this person. And all that person was a real blessing to me in my ministry. And uh, he gets to this guy named Rufus. And uh, when he, he writes about Rufus, he, he mentions um, to also say hello to his mother because Rufus's mother was also a mother to Paul, you know, and, and you see that happen in life, you know, once a mother, always a mother. She just can't help but to do it. And in fact, um, you know, some of the women in our lives who have shaped and transformed us the most um, may not have even been our natural mothers, but rather spiritual mothers. Um, I know in our church, we're blessed with some single ladies that are just unbelievably, um, uh, you know, just powerful mother figures, you know, in the way that they live and, um, you know, in, in the way that they instruct, you know, us to kind of grow up in the Lord, you know, from toddlers the whole way up, um, you know, just blessed to have, you know, women that, that have that mothering uh, instinct. Um, the Bible does, however, even though it doesn't give direct, um, you know, step-by-step -step instructions for, for moms, it does give us some awesome examples and principles of um, how to be a godly mother. In fact, it, it not only shows us examples of godly mothers, but it shows us the impact that they had in the world. And so for all you moms out there, I wanna encourage you that you are making a difference. I mean, you are impacting this world for, for the rest of history by your mothering and, and how you're raising up your kiddos. Um, just an incredible blessing to the world. The Bible records their successes as well as their failures, times that they blew it, times that they fell short. You know, I think of uh, women like uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother, right? Um, the way that they imparted their faith to Timothy. Um, and of course, we know that he was a leader in the church and uh, led many to faith in Christ as a result. And it, that was uh, not given um, credit to his father or grandfather. That was given credit to his mother and grandmother, passing on imparting their faith. Um, women like Naomi and Ruth, you know, uh, a, a mother-in-law who took her in, you know, Naomi taking Ruth in and, um, and basically Ruth just going with her. I think the, the quote is right that, that my people be, your people be my people, your God will be my God and how she just mothered her, uh, you know, um, through those circumstances. Um, we have Hannah who literally, um, gave to the Lord her firstborn, uh, allowing him to be raised at the temple and uh, dedicated his life to the Lord. Uh, that little boy that grew up to be Samuel, the leader of the nation of Israel. Uh, just the awesome example that she uh, gave of what it means to dedicate your child to the Lord. Um, and of course, we have uh, Jochebed, right? Uh, hiding baby Moses uh, for as long as she possibly could, not wanting his life to be taken by the Egyptians. And then, of course, um, sending his sister along uh, the river and, and literally sparing his life and how God again blessed that mother's sacrifices. And he again became a great um, you know, leader of the nation of Israel, uh, set them free from their Egyptian bondage. I mean, just all the amazing things that he went on to be, just a great prophet and leader in the Lord. And that was all thanks again to his mother. 
Um, you know, we have Rebecca who was, uh, given the opportunity, we'll call it that, right? We talked through this whole series about family conflict, man, she had conflict even in the womb. She was blessed with two baby boys, twins, and they were fighting even before they were born. And, um, and long after there was always that competition going on the, you know, the, um, daddy's boy versus the mama's boy. Um, and just the, the interesting dynamic that existed in that family, uh, situation. We could go on and on and on about all of the um, the times when the scriptures record the importance and the value of mothers and uh, the impact that they had changing the world. Um, this morning, as we find some sort of principles to being a good godly mother, uh, we're going to look at the example of a very unexpected mother who was chosen for an incredible task. We're going to look at Mary, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, she was a teenager chosen to carry, to give birth to, and to raise God's only son. She was given the opportunity to know Jesus in a way that no one else ever will in the history of mankind, to literally carry her, to carry her, to carry him in her womb, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, even then, uh, just all those experiences that she had raising. I mean, we, we don't really get a glimpse into the life of toddler Jesus, but Mary knew all those, uh, you know, those moments very well, as, you know, most every other mother can remember. Um, she knew Jesus in a way that no other human ever will. From her experiences of Jesus' mom, we gain some insight into God's design for motherhood and how to be a good, godly mother. Um, you know, after all, she was chosen for that task for a reason, and we'll see why here this morning. Uh, the circumstances of Mary's becoming a mother uh, were far from what she had planned and, and not how even we would expect God to work. Uh, she was engaged, but not yet married. She was a virgin and gave birth to Jesus. She became a mother in that way. You know, she likely had hopes and dreams and had this picture of what her life was going to look like as she started her new life with Joseph, who she loved, you know? Um, if you can kind of put yourself, you know, if you're a, a mother back in those days when you were ju just dating your husband, um, you know, and, and you're just uh, starting to, to think through and to plan out your family, you had this picture of what it was going to look like. For Mary, that changed pretty radically, and I'm sure it did for Joseph as well. After all, we, uh, we read that he had thought about just putting away Mary quietly, divorcing her, just keeping the matter quiet because he loved her. He didn't want her to be put to shame for her pregnancy, and he obviously doubted <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit who had impregnated her. Um, of course, an angel visited him, confirmed her story and testimony, and uh, he went on to be the father of, of this baby Jesus, the Son of God, um, from an earthly sense. Um, Mary, in her humility and in her eagerness to serve the Lord, she sacrificed so much. She laid down her own plans for what she thought it was going to look like to be a mother, and she took up the plans that God had instead. That's why she was just such a, a blessing from the beginning. Um, being a great mother starts with that realization. Um, ultimately, your kiddos... They're God's, they're the Lord's, and they're not yours. They've been entrusted to you, um, you know, for a season to train and to equip them and to show them the way they ought to go. But ultimately, they are individual people with unique wills and destinies and purposes by God. They're going to make their own decisions. Um, you'll always be their mom. That never changes. Um, but eventually, you've got to let go and, and let them make their own decisions. Um, all you can do is raise them up in the way they ought to go and just pray and trust and be there for them throughout the course of their life, you know, along that journey in their own faith personally. 
Becoming a mother for you may have been picture perfect. You may have planned the whole thing out. You know, you got married, got that house, you know, and, and whatnot, and then started having children, you know, or your circumstances of your first pregnancy or of whichever pregnancy may have been far, far from perfect, far from what you were expecting. But I want to encourage you this morning, regardless of what those circumstances looked like, God had a plan and a purpose for you being the mother of that child. Just an amazing thing to think about, that you're not on your own, that God chose you to be the mother of that child. It's just incredible to stop and to think about because we know that he knew all of us before we were even born. Um, we were uh, on his mind before we ever came to be. So he had a plan and a purpose for that. Um, you may feel like a failure from time to time, you may ask God what he was thinking from time to time. Like, where did this kid come from? And I don't know what to do. And, you know, you're just at a loss. You may feel like you're failing as a mother. You may even have a few regrets when you know you made decisions that, that impacted your relationship with your children. And you just wish you could go back and, and, and do things differently. I want to encourage you this morning, you know, not to live with those regrets, uh, but to let them go. Because no matter how you may feel or what you may think, you can handle this. You can get through this. You're not a failure because it's not over yet. You, no matter how many regrets you may have, it's not finished because it's not over yet. There is still hope for you in your motherhood, for your, you and your children to reach their full potential in Christ, for them to be the people they were created to be, and for you to be the mom that you were created to be. Um, you can handle this. You'll get through this, and you'll even be a better mom on the other side of it, no matter how old your children may be. Uh, whether in their toddlers or, or adult years, that, that you're still their mom and God still has a plan and a purpose for that. God chose Mary, an unlikely mom, as she may have been, but God knew exactly what he was doing. He chose that young, inexperienced woman to mother the savior of of humankind. He knew what he was doing and he also knew what he was doing when he chose to entrust your child with you. He knew you, he knew your strengths, he knew your weaknesses. He knew that child before they ever took their first step. And he knew that you are the mom that that child needs. So hang in there, there's still hope. God still has a plan and a purpose. Trust his timing, things are gonna work out for good. Because although Jesus may have been sinless, well, Mary, she made her share of motherly mistakes. There's no doubt. I mean, can you imagine being entrusted with the savior of the world, God's only son, and then literally losing him? I mean, literally physically losing him. Can you imagine driving down the road, you look in the back seat and you're like, oh man, <laughs> maybe as a mother, you've done that before. Um, I know some have done it at the church. Um, we were one of them, <laughs> you know, I thought Becky grabbed the kid. Becky thought I grabbed the kid and we're driving off without them. You know, literally Mary lost Jesus and she didn't even realize it for a full day. One full day went past before she realized that Jesus wasn't with them. And in fact, it took three more days until they found him. I mean, can you imagine how heart-wrenching that had to be, how fearful she had to be, uh, knowing that she lost the Savior of all the universe? You know, this is a four-day journey of probably horror and terror, and man, whenever she finally found him, she was just in awe. Of course, she disciplined him, right? But she treasured that moment in her heart when she saw Jesus at 12 years of age interacting with the teachers of the law. 
12 years old, and they were just amazed at his understanding of the scriptures and the authority that he seemed to possess, you know, and how he understood and applied them. Um, so she treasured that up in her heart, even though he got good discipline for it as well. So I want to encourage you, even when you screw up as a mom, even when you feel like a total failure, God is able to redeem those failures. Perhaps even as quickly as your child is learning and growing, you are also learning and growing, uh, you know, in how to be a mother right along with them. Um, this is true whether your child is 3, 13, 33, or 63. <laughs> You're still learning and growing. You and your child are having unique life experiences, um, and you're learning as you go. And that's good, and that's, that's great. So if you feel like you failed, and even if you have failed in some way, don't give up hope. Hang in there. God has a plan and purpose. Um, you know, all, moment, all mothers also have those moments when, when your child does something so bad, so horrible, but they're so darn cute, you can't help but laugh. Like you're trying to cover up your laugh while you're disciplining them. Treasure those moments. You know, store those in your heart and, and recall them fondly, um, you know, as, as you're learning and growing together throughout the course of a lifetime. Um, Mary... She also spurred Jesus on. Not only did she fail and God redeemed it, but, but she also spurred Jesus on into his ministry. Um, in fact, he performed his first miracle, turning water into wine at a wedding celebration um, as she provoked him to do it. Uh, mothers have a way of seeing things in others that they don't see in themselves and perhaps even that other people don't see in them. Mothers have this awesome ability to see God's potential in a person in life. They just have this prophetic sense about them. Um, they also have an incredible way of drawing those things out and spurring others on to reach their full potential. Uh, Jesus told Mary, he's like, woman, my time has not come yet. Like he tried to hush her up, but man, you know that once a mom gets something in her mind that her child can do something, she's not going to rest until they're doing it and they realize themselves their full potential. Um, Mary just ignored what Jesus said and she told the servants to do whatever Jesus asked them to do. Man, moms have a way of just making things happen, don't they? Um, as the old saying goes, you know, when, when mama ain't happy, ain't no one happy. And, and moms just have a way of making sure things get done in their household. Um, they have a way of applying positive pressure to really bring out the best in us, to bring out our potential. Uh, they're able to believe in us even when no one else does, and even when we don't believe in ourselves sometimes. They have a way of just being able to persevere and believe in us no matter what. So don't be afraid to put that, that mommy power uh, to use, you know, for good, to bring out uh, people's potential. You know, there also came a few other difficult times in, in the life of Mary as she was mothering Jesus. This one happened late in life. There came a, a time when Jesus offended the Pharisees by healing someone on the Sabbath day, and they began to plot to that day how to kill him. And when Mary caught wind of that, she was so scared for him, so concerned. And she figured, and this is in Mark chapter 3, she figured, and she said this, that it was time to take charge of Jesus and to rein him back into safety. She was going to rein Jesus in. That was what she had planned on doing. Now, Jesus, he was in his 30s at that point. This is just a few years before his death. And, um, man, you want to talk about helicoptering mothering? Like, that's totally what she was doing. You know, micromanaging, helicoptering. And, uh, of course, we know that Jesus did reject that, um, you know, that time mothering her life. I'm sure he understood her concern. 
He understood that she was doing it out of a right heart motive of love for him, not wanting to see him get hurt, not wanting him to put himself in danger. But he also knew that that's why he was there. And so he responded by saying, you know, these are my mothers and brothers, the ones that do the will of God. He knew the will of his heavenly father, and that trumped even the will of his own mother. But it has to be a difficult thing to do. You know, one of the most difficult things for any mother to do is to kind of back off and allow your child to make their own choices, especially when you know that it's going to lead to some real hurt and pain in their life. But there reaches a time, and Mary, when Jesus was 30, was still having a hard time doing that. So hang in there. You're not alone when you feel that way. But there comes a time when you got to let go and just trust them to make their own decisions and to learn from their own mistakes. And uh, to that's one of the greatest times to remember that they're gods, they're not yours, ultimately. Um, and of course, like any good mother, Mary's also right there for Jesus when he was hurting the most. Because the, her worst fears when she heard them plotting to kill Jesus came to pass. And here we find Mary at the foot of the cross, seeing her son in pain and agony, knowing that his life was soon coming to an end. She was literally there when most of his other followers had abandoned him. Whether by their own bad choices or, or whether by the hand of others, mothers are always there for their children to comfort them in their time of pain. That's what a good mother does. Wherever we may find ourselves, no matter what goes on, there is safety and there is comfort in the, in the arms of our mothers. Even if it's just their voice, even if it's just a text message. When you are in communication with your mom, you're home. No matter how many mouths may separate you otherwise, when you're at your low and when you're hurting and you turn to your mom, man, she just has a way of being able to comfort and console you to make you feel like everything's going to be all right. It's all going to work together for good. You know, uh, mothers just have this awesome ability to do that. Um, I know that when our kids were in their toddler years and everything, you know, when they got hurt, they didn't come running to daddy. They came running to mommy. You know, they wanted her to hug. Uh, they wanted her to hug them and, you know, to comfort them and to put a Band-Aid on their boo-boos all those things, you know. Uh, we turn to moms for that need. You know, and even from the cross, Jesus' concern was still for his mother. She followed him throughout his ministry. She believed in him, and, and he knew that she didn't understand fully what was going on in that moment. She didn't fully understand. She had an angelic visitation. She knew he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world, but she didn't understand fully what was happening in that moment on the cross. And his response was interesting, and I'm going to read from John chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. And it said that near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. It's a lot of Mary's all in one place. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, and we believe that's John, also standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, Here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. You know, even from the cross, Jesus' concern was for his mother. He knew that she was a mother and was always going to be a mother. And so he asked Mary to, to mother that disciple. And we don't know for sure, but there's evidence, at least there's a lack of evidence, that Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, ever chose to believe in him and to follow him. 
Um, we know for sure from John 7, 5 that his brothers didn't believe in him, um, even, you know, up till the end. But of course, we know they came around at some point as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we see Mary being there for Jesus in his lowest moment. And that's what a good mother does. Even when you can't do anything to change it, there is no way that Mary could take Jesus down from the cross, heal all of his wounds, and just enable him to continue on in life. She was powerless to do anything but to be there. And I want to encourage you, mothers, it's enough. Just to be there is enough for your children. Even when you want to do desperately everything you can, but you find that there's just nothing you can do, just being there is enough. And of course, we see that um, after the death of Jesus, Mary went on to live with that disciple. Um, after all, you're a mother forever. Um, Jesus knew that this was a need in her life. And even hanging from the cross, Jesus arranged for that need to be met. Another thing that moms are great at is persevering. Man, do we put our moms through some hard stuff, cause them a lot of heartache. Um, probably a lot of uh, sleepless crying nights that we put our moms through that we don't even know about. But moms persevere. Following the death of Jesus, Mary was right there, now along with his brothers, in the upper room with about 120 other believers in the book of Acts chapter 1. They were there waiting and warring and praying in the upper room, waiting on the promise that Jesus had given to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. They were waiting on that gift. You know, and even when everyone else has given up on us, moms have a way of just sticking it out and always hoping, always trusting, always believing. I mean, truly loving us with the agape love of God, sacrificing, doing whatever it takes to ensure that their children are successful. Um, Mary believed what Jesus had said. She hoped, in spite of all hopelessness, um, she, she endured the impossibilities, believing in the fullness of hope of what Jesus said. And mothers have a way of doing that in their kids, you know, just believing and hoping through it all. Mary believed what Jesus said. She clung to that promise. She personally had sacrificed so much for him. But we never see a single moment recorded in the scriptures where Mary seemed to regret it. Even after seeing her child hang on the cross, giving up his life, we never see her regretting it for a moment. She was right there persevering in the upper room after Jesus had given his life um, without any remorse. And I kind of end on this thought. You know, I talked at the beginning about, um, you know, Genesis when God purposefully withheld mothers, you know, until man saw his need for her, you know, putting that value and that esteem on her uh, worth. I now kind of submit to you to, to think about that reality that God could have chosen any one of countless ways to bring his salvation to the earth. He could have done it any way that he wanted to. He is God, and he could have done it. But he chose to bring his salvation to the world through a mother, through Mary, through her life. And the only special, unique thing about her was her willingness to lay down her hopes and dreams and to take up God's, to team up and to cooperate with him. And so there's probably nothing on this earth, mothers, that is more important that you could do than to lay down yourself 
and to take up God's plans and purposes for your children and for your life as a mother, learning and growing and changing how you mother your kids, whether they are an infant and fully relying on you or uh, late in life with a family of their own. You're still their mom. There's still a plan. There's still a purpose in that. If God chose mothers to release his salvation through, think about what God wants to release through your motherhood. Think about the prophetic words and the encouragement and the hope and the the encouragement and strengthening and all the things that, that God still wants to release through your life to your kids, to your grandkids, to your great grandkids. Um, you know, that, that you can be like Timothy's grandmother, that you can impart your faith, your faith, you can impart it to your children and your children's children, their children, uh, that, that generations even after you've passed from this earth would still call you blessed and called their homes blessed because of you. It's not too late. Today is the day. You are the mother that your child needs. You are the grandmother that your grandchildren need, the great-grandmother that your grand-grandchildren need. You have started a blessing for a thousand generations, according to Deuteronomy when you choose to follow the Lord and follow his plans for your family. For sure, mothers, we love you. We are grateful for you. We so appreciate all the sacrifices that you make, not only mothers in the natural, but also our spiritual mothers. We love you. We appreciate you. I mean, words can't express how grateful we are for you. And we thank you, godly mothers, for being a blessing to your home. So thank you so much. I just want to close with a, uh, a quick word of prayer for you. So uh, God, we just thank you so much for choosing motherhood, for establishing motherhood to be this awesome conduit for your love, for your blessings, Lord. And I pray for each mother out there right now who may have made some mistakes, who may feel like a failure, who may feel like they're doing everything in their power to right wrongs and yet nothing that they seem to do is making a difference. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just fill them to overflowing with your presence, that you would lift up their, their eyes to you, that you would give them hope and strength, that you would just give them a prophetic word for their situation of your plans and purposes. Jesus, I pray that you would just fully equip every mom to be the greatest mom that they can be, not only to their natural children, uh, Lord, but to everybody around them, that they would realize their, their God-purposed destiny for motherhood and that they would reach their full potential in you and that they would just be a contagious fire that would set others ablaze to reach their full potential for you as well, Lord. Just start this, this movement of motherhood, Lord, in your body. Lord, I know that you said that um, through Paul that, that you were concerned that there weren't many fathers in the church. Lord, I pray for the mothers to rise up as well and to be spiritual mothers to those that you have placed in their life. And we just thank you so much for moms today. Bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them for everything you've called them to. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much again for joining us and look forward to a, uh, an announcement coming soon, uh, we believe, about when we're going to be able to meet in person once again. Uh, God bless and have a great week.